Welcome to the Real Life, Real Conversations podcast, a podcast where we invite you into real conversations to help you in your real life. Each episode is designed to share truth that will create healthy foundations for life and living. Now, let's get into the podcast. up you guys welcome or welcome back to the real life real conversations podcast so today in this makeshift podcast studio I don't really have one of those but today on this podcast we're going to be talking to my pastor Sam Gibson from Florence South Carolina and I just wanted him to come on here today and share a little bit of his story and the ways that He's seeing the Lord move um, because he's very wise, in case you don't know him. Very, very wise man. Um, so, yeah, you can just go ahead and introduce <laughs> yourself, Sam. Well, Jordan, thank you so much uh, for inviting me to do this with you. Sure. Enjoy sharing real life and real conversations with you. Um, you obviously need to meet more people because uh, I'm, if I'm in the, some of the wisest people you know, you need to meet some more folks. Oh, uh, man. But very honored to be here today. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about this. And man, I've just, I've loved getting to be here at the Florence campus because I feel like I've learned so much from you, even like in the couple of times that I've come back home since being in college, it's always been very encouraging to just be around you and like hear from you and learn from oh, thank you. your wisdom. So the Lord definitely uses you more than you can probably see, but it's kind of good because then, you know, pride, humility, it helps you out if you don't see as much. <laughs> He's good um, at doing what he does. You know, exactly. the Lord's good at his work. Exactly. Um, so I just wanted to have a conversation with you today about kind of what your story is because mm-hmm. I think you have a great um, testimony. And I think, yeah, I just wanted you to share that with listeners yeah. because I want them to hear what the Lord's done in your life as I've been able to hear that. Yep. So, how was your life before you met Jesus? Yeah, um, you know, it's such an interesting question um, because I think before I met Jesus, like you don't know what it is you're looking for. Mm. And so, I feel like my life, like if you summed up in a word, still to this day, would be like the idea of pursuit. Like I was pursuing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, really, before, you know, before I met the Lord, I you know, grew up with a great family kind of grew up going to church, um, but then just like faith to me belonged to my parents, not to me, mm-hmm. you know, and just started getting like the middle school, high school years, started getting really involved in like the drug and party scene and really just started like pursuing any way in which you can get pleasure outside of Jesus. Cause I didn't know you actually could have that. Like my yeah. idea of church was like, and following Jesus was don't drink, don't smoke, don't have fun. Like, you know, just yeah, that's for the boring people, yeah. you know, all these things. Um, and so, you know, the Bible even says that sin is pleasurable for a season. And so it's like, there's a reason why people get addicted to drugs. There's a reason why people like pursue those paths because it actually is pleasurable. Yeah. The problem is it's like going to leave you empty long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my life really before I met the Lord, I feel like I had everything on the outside and yet absolutely nothing on the inside. You know, I had like externally, my life looked great. You know, I was in college, I had friends, I was partying you know all the stuff that but like internally like I wanted to die like I remember being at parties like I remember waking up and being frustrated that I woke up yeah because I was so empty and it's like there's there's nothing worse than being like the life of the party and yet within you there is no life 
mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like everything was like in the external. Um, and so it was like I was pursuing something, but just completely empty. Because yeah. I pursued like sin was no longer pleasurable for me. Mm-hmm. Like it was like I knew I was enslaved to something. I knew something was killing me. I knew my life was like off the rails mm-hmm. as much as I wanted to pretend like it wasn't. And so that was really kind of – and even, um, you know, I would gotten clean off of drugs and gone. That's how I kind of ended up in Florence. And it really been clean for about eight months. But like basically I just exchanged like drugs and partying for religion. And still didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and was still pretty miserable. If I'm being honest with you, like I just knew like that's so bad, mm-hmm. and so like let me try like to do good stuff, mm-hmm. um, and that still left me short too. You know, yeah. I mean it was okay for a season, but definitely just everything on the outside just super empty on the inside. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that people can relate to that, whether um, whether they can relate to that story of before they became a believer or even like currently as they're listening to it or even after you've become a believer sometimes you can like forget about the lord's goodness and kind of fall off and like because i know i experienced that for a season um so what do you think what led you to getting saved and like Mm -hmm. how did you get saved can you explain that yeah so um you know basically like i said i've been involved in like the drug and party scene so i'm like trying to get my life together so i was like well let me go like get in the church scene you know like I, I joke that I've been to every church in Florence. I mean, I love the church. Uh, so I've like literally attended almost any church in this area. Because yeah. um, I like dated the crazy party girl. I was looking for a good church girl. Uh-huh. I was like, what you don't want. And like, I'm like my worst nightmare, basically now. Um, but, you know, started coming to New Spring. Mm-hmm. And really like kind of just, I was going to New Spring and then another church in town. Because New Spring at the time was just meeting every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about being in an environment even if you don't really understand it, because I would have told you I was a believer at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I prayed the sinner's prayer more times when, like, the cops were behind me. <laughs> you know, like, my life's falling apart. It's like, Jesus, you get me out of this one. I'm yours forever. And then, like, two days later, I'm not his forever anymore. <laughs> it's like, appreciate you get me out. I'm out of here. Forever for two days. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm done with that. Uh, yeah. it was going, I was going to get out anyway. Um, and so, you know, but started kind of consistently going to church on my own. And that's really the first time that's ever happened for me, where it was like, right, wrong, or indifferent of my motive, I never really made the decision I want to consistently do this. I just think there's something about being around the people of God that's pretty impactful. Yeah. And Jordan, this is the part that's so interesting to me because, you know, we say, like, I gave my life to Christ. And it's like, I mean, I understand what we're saying, but really, like, Jesus saved me. Yeah. You know, and for me, I do remember, like, I could have communicated out of my mouth the gospel to you. Mm-hmm. I could have, like, said it. I've grown up in church enough, like, yeah, Jesus died for our sins, yada, yada. But I just had this day. I'd been coming to New Spring for about eight months, and Clayton King was preaching. And I mean, as clear as I've ever experienced it in my life, I've really understood for the first time mm-hmm. that salvation is not about my commitment to God. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it always was for me. Like, I'm going to do better this time, Lord. You know, yeah. like, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do more. And really realizing that salvation is surrendering to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the first time, I know it sounds so crazy, I've grown up in church, but it was the first time I really understood that, no, 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 this is all about what Jesus did for me, yeah. not what I'm going to do for him. And it was like that day, it was almost like the veil got lifted in my eyes. And I was able, like, and that's for sure the day that I, like, understood for the first time what it means to surrender to the finished work of Jesus. Um, and that pretty much just put my life on an insane trajectory from that point on. Yeah, that's really awesome. And, man, I totally get that. Like, that makes sense to me, um, what you're saying. Because I think so often we can get trapped in this idea that it's about, well, what do I have to do? What am I obligated to do? But we don't understand that what we do for Jesus comes out of the place of 
what he's done for right. us. Like we have to understand that yes. first before anything yeah. else follows. It's about him. It's not about us, right? Yeah. Like, and that's and it's so easy. I actually heard it recently said, um, and I really love this because, you know, it's like it's not about trying harder or doing more, but about surrendering to the finished work of the cross. But I heard someone say, you know, Christianity is not about trying harder or doing more, but it's about beholding the finished work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because when I see him, I can't help but, and what he's done, I can't help but respond and surrender to him. Yeah. Right? There's no one like him. Like, who do we have in heaven but you? And who do we have on this earth but your name? And it's just, you know, I think it's such a quick, subtle shift to, like, make it so quickly about us again. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just kind of a snare that the enemy uses and use it in my life, too. Yeah. Okay. So you've kind of walked us through mm-hmm. what your life looked like before you met Jesus and then... Um, you understanding finally after hearing it so many times who Jesus was and what he offered you just because Mm -hmm. of like his character so how has your life changed or been different since meeting Jesus or since like salvation it's like you know no matter what your testimony is I think everyone's testimony is super powerful like a lot of times I hear like crazy stories of like you know people coming out of addiction or get out of prison and it's like I mean, I think some of the coolest testimonies are people who, like, got saved at a young age and were faithful to Jesus their whole life. That's amazing yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, you know, Revelation twelve eleven says there's we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So, like, there's just power in everyone's testimony. So don't get lost in, like, some people are like, man, I wish I had a story like yours. I was like, I, I don't wish you did at all. My parents definitely <laughs> yeah. don't wish you had my story. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's changed everything. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the coolest things for me is, like, so many people, for me, want to talk about, like, my story before Jesus. But it's like, man life after Jesus is the best part. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to consistently grow my relationship with him, getting to consistently follow him. Um, I mean, it's changed everything about my life. Like, yeah. I'm working full-time ministry, never planned on doing that. Like, wasn't even my plan. Like, I never, like, thought, like, oh, I got saved, now I'm going to be a pastor. It was just mm-hmm. like, I just fell radically in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two things that were just a huge catalyst is I, you know, shortly after getting saved, I got connected to a group of people, like, kind of uh, younger for guys or similar, like, all, all of them who were trying to follow Jesus. So getting to walk life with them, you know, like other people around, having community of people who are trying to follow Jesus was so important. But the second thing was I really actually fell in love with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm kind of like a skeptic by nature. Like that's my, I don't believe anything I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> and so I used to go to church and sit there, and it wasn't that I was like disagreeing with anything they were saying. Uh-huh. I just remember it bothered me. Mm-hmm. that like they'd preach out of Matthew 16, 18. And it would really bother me that I didn't know what verses 1 through 17 said before that. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was distrusting. And so I just remember like, well, I'm just going to read the Bible. And so I found this reading plan where you could read the Bible in 90 days and started it and just honestly fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like something about it, um, like I had these ideas of what it meant to follow Jesus, but I had no clue what it actually like, who the God of the Bible actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we just get so misconstrued like, John 1 says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the Word of God is living and active, sharpening to it. It's sort of like Jesus is the Word, in, like, embodied. And there's just something about, um, you know, I read it in 90 days, and, like, something just started shifting in my heart. And I realized, well, 90 times 4 is 360. Mm-hmm. So I read, like, the first year of being saved, I read through the Bible four different times. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I've just kind of repeated that pattern and, and just honestly just have such a hunger and a passion for the Word because it's just... It's just so life-giving. Like, I, I can't think of anything that, you know, I believe you could literally read the same chapter every day all of your life and get something different out of it every day. Yeah. Like, God speaks to us through His Word. Um, you know, getting God's heart revealed through, like, a chapter in, like, Jeremiah chapter 2 changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because I still had this concept of, like, God was super angry. Mm-hmm. 
I've really messed up. Jesus is like the good older brother. And like, thankfully, Jesus covered me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, like, I remember the devotion of your youth. Your love as a young bride, how you follow me in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And he says the question, he says, what wrong did you did y'all find in me that you turned from me? Mm. You know, and it just hit me so deeply in my core of like, I read that. And the first time I read it angry, and I feel like I just heard the Spirit, like the Holy Spirit whisper me, like, go read that again. Mm -hmm. And you read it and you realize, this is heartbreak. Mm. Like the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. Mm -hmm. Like what wrong did you find in me? And so just this idea of like, God's heart was broken for his people. Mm -hmm. Like longing for it. Um, and so it's just changed everything about my life. Like yeah. Jesus, Jesus is it. Like the thing that I was pursuing, like I said earlier, like my life was summed up in pursuit. Like it still is. Mm -hmm. I just actually found the thing that satisfies. And like, it's amazing because the more you taste of it, the more you want it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, naturally if I'm hungry and I eat, I get full. But like spiritual, I think it's the opposite. I think the more you eat, the more you want. Mm -hmm. um, most people are like in spiritual starvation mode all the time. And it's like, I'm just trying to get as much of Jesus as I can get this out of eternity. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, too, to go back to what you were saying earlier about people's testimonies and how mm -hmm. we'll, it's like we value one person's testimony over another oh, because, yeah. like, the sin was deeper mm -hmm. in our eyes. It's interesting that you said that people who have stories, like, when yep. they get saved at a younger age and yep. then they're just faithful to the Lord. Like, that's my story, yeah. or at least... It's similar to yeah, my story. Yeah, amazing. But I think for listeners out there who do have whatever kind of story mm -hmm. they yeah. have, whether it's they were going complete opposite direction yep. of the Lord and their whole life has been changed and it's crazy and they have this super crazy story about it, or if they got saved when they were five years old and right. they've just been faithful and trying to serve the Lord in the best way possible for their whole life, even though they've messed up. Of yep. course, we all mess up. But... Um, I just think it's a beautiful thing that both of those are powerful and yes. both of those can be used equally Absolutely. for the glory of God. Because I think we forget that mm -hmm. sometimes. Well, it's just a comparison thing that we so yeah. quickly make it about us again, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I wish I had your story. And it's like, no, no, well, if you're hearing, if you're hearing about me and my story, you're missing Jesus, yeah. right? Like, it's about him. It's about his risk, like him rescuing us and restoring us back to himself. Like, it's amazing. And yeah. I think we just so quickly make it about us again and miss out on, like, man, the saving work of Jesus is unbelievable mm -hmm. yeah no matter what mm -hmm. no matter what situation yeah. it is yeah so i would love to hear what are some ways that you see god moving right now or have seen him moving in the past year how do you see god's kingdom advancing as yeah a whole? yeah i really do um i mean i think the lord is up to so much right now it's so hard to quantify but i think about it all the time mm -hmm. um I really do believe that God has used, I like, you know, we, I don't want to get into like a theological debate. Like, I don't think God sent coronavirus. I don't think it's his judgment on the earth. Mm -hmm. I do know God will use it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I believe all of what we're experiencing on the earth right now is unto something. Mm -hmm. um, and so, what I think is, I really see this happening first within the church. I think what I'm seeing is God is really pulling apart mixture out of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we just gotten super stagnant, super stale, super comfortable. And what I've seen over the last two years during, you know, the COVID season or whatever you call it, is there's two stories for people. They've either stepped way in on their walk with Jesus or they've stepped away. Mm. And it's like kind of caught me off guard because some people I think would have never walked away, got like super into the politics thing, like super into this. And it's like, well, like we're way out of here mm. now. And then some people that I thought would potentially like 
walk away and have really stepped in in their walk with the Lord. Yeah. So I think the Lord is using this really to wake people up. I think there is a call uh, to prayer right now in this hour that Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of like finally getting okay admitting that like we're a prayerless church. Yeah. We've been doing the best version of church that we can do. And mm-hmm. I think it's about time to step into the best version of church that God can do mm-hmm. and what he desires to see. I think there's a huge, uh, I just think Jesus is jealous for his bride right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus is asking the father to give him his wife. And I think there is just this, this shaking of anywhere that we've tried to take his glory. He's coming for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say that, but then I also think like outside of that, I think the door for evangelism is as wide open as it's ever been. People are as depressed, people are as hopeless, people are as like frustrated and looking for the truth like never before. Mm-hmm. People are trying to figure out like what's the truth? Well, Jesus says, I am the truth. Yeah. Like how do I, what's the way to walk this out? Well, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Like he is, he really is the answer for this hour. Um, and I think there's just a, within the church a desperate cry, but I think outside the church there's also people who are searching and looking. And that's always been the case, but I think it's super amplified right now. Yeah. You know, uh, COVID and you know all of our like political figures who are falling, just all that like we realize this just this isn't working. Yeah. And I believe God is going to use us so powerfully to see His kingdom move in advance. You know, I've, people get kind of trapped in two ditches where they think like it's just going to be super super bad, mm-hmm. or they think it's going to be like super super good. Like, well, the church is like the world, and it's really we because we can't carry this duality of both. Mm-hmm. I think what we're getting ready, to, we're stepping into right now, is an increased pressure on the earth. But at the same time, an increased presence of God happening. So it says in the book of Ephesians that through the washing of the word that God is going to present a bride spotless and without wrinkle. Mm -hmm. We think about if you get a spot on your clothes, you wash it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the washing of the word. That's the washing of the blood of Jesus. How do you get a wrinkle out? Mm -hmm. Using the iron, Mm -hmm. which does two things. It has heat and it has pressure. Mm -hmm. What's happening on the earth right now? There's heat and there's pressure in people's That's lives. So and it's exposing things. I think God is using us to get the wrinkles out of our lives in a massive way. Yeah. Um, and so I, if, if that sounds discouraging, please don't let it be. I'm like super filled with encouragement. I'm so excited that I think this is an urgent hour for the church. I think this is a desperate moment. I think we're getting ready to see. I believe we're on the like the very beginning. Maybe it's within my decade, uh, the next few decades. But I think we're going to see a third great awakening in the United States. I think we're going to see a third great awakening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about like mass salvations, mass repentance, mm-hmm. and not because of like because of God's kindness. Yeah. And yeah. so that's just a few things. So I know that's a lot yeah, of stuff. But. That's awesome. No, I I really think that's good. So I have a question. So for the person who's listening who isn't a believer, but mm-hmm. who is kind of like you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. like who is seeking yep. answers or just truth or seeking to understand who the Lord is at least a little bit in their yep. lives, what would you say to them right now? Yeah, I would just encourage you to ask Jesus to actually reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we feel like we've got to go figure this out on our own. And if you're looking for something, I mean, I think just being as bold and like, but also as humble enough to just say like, Jesus, if you're real, I want to know it. Mm-hmm. And then be willing to get, like, when he reveals himself, respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because your Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost because he lives to make intercession for you. And I just want to, like, those are the people that are searching. I want you to know, like, Jesus is praying for you right now. Mm-hmm. It says we have a great high priest who lives to make intercession for us. And, like, the fact that Jesus is calling their name right now to the Father blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And if you would just simply ask, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me? And then be willing to look, whether that's through, like, 
going to church, whether that's through going to talk to someone you know that's a believer or through, you know, reading the Bible. Just open up and start reading the Gospels and see if you don't encounter Jesus that way. Yeah, and I think that's really true. It's crazy that you say that because I was in a conversation with someone literally two days ago, yeah. and it wasn't someone who wasn't a believer before, but we were having a conversation, and she had walked away from just the church yeah. and um, had just experienced a lot of hardship in her life, and she asked the Lord if you're real. Essentially, if you're well, real, like show, show yeah. yourself to me. And he did. Like, yes. it's crazy. I won't go into, like, yeah, the details that's amazing. of the story. But it's just beautiful. Like, he showed her that he loved her. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, actively pursuing her. Yes. Um, and pursuing her heart. So, yeah, that's a great encouragement because I think that's true. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, um, I think he loves us far greater than we can even understand. Oh, absolutely. So, even, even though asking him something like that mm-hmm. seems crazy or seems out of the ordinary maybe yeah. for what uh, listeners or yep. even I would be used to. I think that's yeah. I just I really have the paradigm that I believe that Jesus is more willing to be known than we are to know him. Mm-hmm. He is more willing to reveal himself than we are to actually go in that. And the problem is we just walk around with like blinders on our eyes and we're unwilling to see it when you know it says that creation is crying out for the glory uh-huh. of God. Like it is it's everywhere but yet we don't see it often. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what about if someone's listening to this and they they would call themselves a Christian or a believer, what would you say to them if they do want to know the Lord more, even mm-hmm. if they already know the Lord in yep. a deep way? Yep. How could they how could get could they yep. get to know Him more? Deeply? I just want to tell you, like it's not as hard as we make it out to be. Uh-huh. Like no one ever intended for it. But, like we just make it super hard. I feel like yes. Like it's. Often I hear people and they're just like get so bound up with like I need to do this 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 and it's like okay um, you know one of my favorite quotes out there is from a guy um, named Henry Nowen mm-hmm. and he says that all spiritual disciplines are just making room for God mm-hmm. it's like I don't check my box of reading the Bible I open up the Word and I make room for God to speak to me through the Word mm-hmm. I don't fast to like lose weight I fast to make room for God in my soul. And so thinking about that, like, I don't go to church because that's what I was supposed to do. I go to church to make room for God in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, like, really this simple. And I don't mean this to, like, oversimplify things, but it's like, what do you want God to do? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. I want to grow closer to you, Jesus. Ask him to do that first. But then secondly, make room for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the two things I watch is people will ask God to do something, mm-hmm. but they won't make room for it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll make room for it, but then, like, not ask him to do it, yeah. right? Like, like I'm going to get closer to Jesus. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it's just like, well, it's also like a supernatural work for that to be done. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite, uh, I've been chewing this lately in John 17, Jesus is praying the high priestly prayer, and he says, Father, I have made known to them your name, mm-hmm. and I will continue to make it known mm-hmm. that the same love in which you have loved me would be in them and I in them. And I just think there's something so profound about the acknowledgement that, yes, Jesus has revealed his name to me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's more about that name that I don't know. Yeah. Like, he's, he's continually revealing that name. I think often, like, you know, we've accepted Christ and we, we like, we're following Jesus more than most people. Mm-hmm. But there's always more. Yeah. There's always more of God. Like, yeah. his greatness is unsearchable. Like, you can spend all of your life searching out the greatness of God and never even get close to yeah. the end. Like, yeah. and so just what do you want God to do in your life? Ask him to do it and then make room for him to do it. Mm-hmm. Because if you make room without asking him, you're just prideful and thinking you can do that on your own. Mm-hmm. 
But if you also ask him but don't make room, you don't give him any space to actually work. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And I think that makes so much sense, you saying that. Um, just because so often we'll do one or the other, and yep. then we're like, man, Lord, you're not working at all, or you're yep. not moving, and I've asked you to move, and so, wow, you're just not good, when actually we're just not, we're either not making room for him, or we're just not yep. asking. Like, we're making room, yes. just hoping that he'll, yep. like, yeah. just... He's not going to, like, I call it, like, he's not going to, like, manhandle your life. Yeah. Like, God, I think, will, you know, there's moments where he steps in, but for the most part, if you're a believer, like, it's, you know, Psalm 27, 4, he says, the one thing that I desire that I will seek. And he says, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Mm -hmm. But I think the gap between what we desire and what we seek is the biggest gap in a Christian's life. Mm -hmm. Everyone, I mean, think of it this way. Like, I desire to lose weight. I don't seek it by eating healthy. Yeah. Right? Like, people desire to grow closer to Jesus, but they don't actually seek it. Uh -huh. And one of the ways in which you seek it is by creating space for God to move. Mm -hmm. You know, our lives, we live lives such so full of lesser things. Yeah. I heard this quote from one of the early church fathers just this past week and it's been bothering me in a good way. It says, the glory of God loves to fill an empty space. Mm. And I'm reading this and they're talking about like empty spaces in which God shows off and like reveals himself. And I'm going, God, I don't have any space in my life. Yeah. I don't have enough room for you. Like yeah. if you wanted to move in a powerful way in my life, like, I don't even know if I'd be able to acknowledge it because I'm so busy sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's like, all right, that's on me, not on him, right? Yeah. That's crazy because that's something that I've been convicted about mm -hmm. recently, especially the way in which I lived my life and the way in which I scheduled my whole schedule last mm -hmm. semester in school. Like, this is very specific, but yep. I just, I filled it with everything I yes. could possibly fill with work, um, classes, things, meeting with people, and all of those things are good, good. things. Yep. But oh man, I was so convicted about it because it's like, where are you leaving space for me? Like, yeah. even if you are spending time in my yeah. word, where are you leaving space for me to like, just have my way and I was yep. like oh oh I'm not at all yep. like that's not happening at all so I um I completely oh yeah I'm, I'm kind of same way too that's why yeah. I yeah. mess with me I'm, I'm trying to get better at it though this semester is going to be different yeah awesome okay um so this is something that I'm trying to make a thing on mm -hmm. my podcast this can go in any direction yep. that you want it to go in but what do you think is the best piece of advice you've ever received you know, I've gotten a lot of great advice in my life. I love this question. This is so interesting. It made me think for a moment. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've had so many great mentors, so many great friends. and mm -hmm. But really, when I think of like a piece of advice that really marked my life and changed me, um, I was still pretty young follower of Jesus and had just started working in full-time ministry. And one of my best friends, his father-in-law is a guy named Mike Hawkins, mm -hmm. um, who's just like this country guy from Georgia who loves the Lord. God has used this guy and like, some of the most profound ways ever. Like he helped get passion conferences started in Brazil. Oh wow. Like he goes like he's on mission trips all the time, but he's just like you would never he's so unassuming. Mm -hmm. And so me and my friend, he's in ministry as well. Uh Mike was in town in Florence actually, just he was here for work. He worked mm -hmm. uh in like the distribution business and he wanted to take us out to dinner. Mm -hmm. So he started asking questions about what these was doing in our life and I was like new in my faith, but also definitely new in, in, into ministry and was just like wrestling through, this is what the Bible says, but yet like, this is not how it actually works, mm -hmm. right? Like churches don't actually work together, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, we're not super unified as believers, right? Uh -huh. Like Jesus prays, Father, let them be one. It's like, oh, we're a long way from that. Yeah. And I was talking about the tension of like, how do you create change? Like I believe, you know, and the, actually the very specific question was, 
if there's a massive revival that happens at First Baptist, he told me, he said, you should be the first one at their doors with Bibles and a check and say, what do you need? We're here to help. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm so for that. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. But I feel like if I did that, they would like shut the door in my face. Yeah. And so he, he just said this line, Jordan, and I know I'm kind of building somewhere, but I'm telling you, when I say this, is mark my life will be an understatement. Mm-hmm. He just looked at me and said, Sam, there's either a God or there's not one. You have to make that decision. Ooh. And I'm like, oh. And it just like stopped me dead in my tracks because it was such a simple statement. Yeah. But it was remarkably profound of like, are you going to believe the Bible is true or not? Mm. Are you going to allow the standards of this world to dictate your faith? Or are you going to allow your faith to dictate how you live out in this world? Yeah. And I mean, it's so applicable to anything. Mm-hmm. When I feel like I'm in a space where like gossip is brewing, is there a God or there's not one? Mm. Right? Like if when, I, when I'm forced in, I mean, just anything in my life, it really does boil down to, you know, is there a God or is there not? Yeah. And I know that there is, yeah. right? And then yeah. like, and because I know that there is, and I've committed to following Him, then that reorders everything about my life. And so that's simple, like, either there's God or there's not one. Mm. It is. I actually got to that. was probably ten years ago, yeah. and I just had dinner with him uh, about six months ago, and I was telling him how much that impacted my life in such a massive way that I still think about it often when like mm-hmm. faced and pressed with the situation of like I believe that Jesus is who He says He is. I've encountered him. I've experienced him. And so, therefore, it reorders everything about my life. So, yeah. I would say that's really, I've gotten a lot of great advice in my life. But one I say, like, I look back on and think about often, that really did mark me. It was really kind of at a crossroads where I think it's like, am I either going to fit into the pattern of this world mm-hmm. or I'll be transformed by the renewal of the mind, like it says in Romans 12. Yeah, that's really good. Man, that <laughs> that's challenging to me. I think that's the beautiful thing, though, about there are just some things that are so simple like there yep. are principles in the bible that are so simple like even some yep. of the things in james i know oh, are yeah. like so simple and it's like well that's easy but then if you if you take it and you're actually trying to apply it to yes. your life it's like oh this is not so simple like it's simple in concept but yep. not in practice yes and so yeah that's really good because that that literally is going to tell you like that determines everything that determines how you choose to think act speak like everything, everything. yes literally everything, it, it, literally Every everything. decision man that's really good so i'm challenged by that <laughs> thank you yeah hopefully it be helpful to somebody yeah i hope so too um so i really appreciate you being on the podcast today like, oh thank you so much thank you. so honored um and yeah i just i appreciate how you've encouraged me throughout the years probably you haven't probably realized the ways that you have um and i know like there are some pieces of advice or like wisdom that you shared like from a stage or with my parents or even like at prayer gathering mm-hmm. things that you probably don't know that they've they've come from you or they've come from the Lord but through your mouth. Oh, that's awesome. And um they've definitely like transformed a lot of ways that I live now and I mean, glory be to God because of that. Yeah. But thank you for being No, thank you. To, well, I mean, just even sitting here watching you do a podcast, I remember when you were like a child <laughs> you know it's like you got a podcast now what yeah, it's yeah. amazing and so man i think you're just i think you're like just beginning to scratch the surface of what jesus wants to do in your life jordan so so okay. proud of you and so honored to be a part of it i really appreciate it well awesome um thank you guys so much for listening today i'm super excited for you guys to hear about it well i guess you already heard about it if you're listening to this now but um when you re-listen I'm, you're gonna re-listen yeah just re-listen you might i mean hey sometimes that helps um to hear more but Thank you guys so much for listening in today, and I will see you guys in the next podcast. Bye!